Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Literally Gaysian. Literally Gaysian. You're listening to us again? Are you sure you're in the right place? It's Literally Gaysians, a podcast where two gay Asian guys, also known as Gaysians, Gaysians. get real about their feelings and literally Gaysian stuff. I'm Bao, and this is my co-host, bleached hair, Gaysian in a crisis, model number 579, Chris. <laughs> Uh, your area crisis gay here hi everyone <laughs> happy you're all still here even after all those ads yeah those are brand new and we're grateful to all of our advertisers happy to report chris that we've made five whole dollars <laughs> i still can't get over that people are listening to kate spade and linkedin ads alongside our rants darkroom and hemorrhoid stories but on the topic of stories Today, we have a guest whose bread and butter is telling stories on the internet. In fact, he's one of TikTok's most famous Gaysian storytellers. Maybe after the one who nares his asshole or the hot cooking guys. <laughs> he's known for his hot takes on a lot of the topics we talk about here, like how guys make out in Asia, circuit parties, EDC. Have a listen to this clip. So before I went on this trip to uh, Southeast Asia, um, I went to get waxed so that I could be super smooth for White Party Bangkok. And um, while he was ripping away, uh, he was asking me what I was doing. And I told him I was going to Thailand and I was going to go to Malaysia. And he was like, Malaysia? Isn't Malaysia homophobic? I would never go to a country that's homophobic. Uh, I respect his opinion. I understand where it's coming from. And I think people are free to spend their money in however way they feel comfortable. And uh, I hope people return the same respect to me. To say that a country is homophobic, I don't really know what that means because I have felt safer in Bali, Indonesia as a gay couple than I did in some parts of America. And policy is not always reflective of the attitudes of the people. And also there tends to be huge regional variations in attitudes towards homosexuality, whereby um, cities tend to be a lot more 
progressive than in the countryside, and that's generally true for most countries. And, uh, in the case of many Asian countries, when you're trying to navigate the laws, you have to sort of figure out what are rules and what are rules. Like, what are the rules that you have to follow and what are the rules that you have to make it not so obvious that you're not following. Like for example, Singapore only recently legalized homosexuality. Yay, Singapore! Um, but they've had a gay pride parade for like years. Now, if I were to restrict myself to only traveling to countries with a progressive attitude towards homosexuality, then um, I would block out most of Asia, uh, which would mean then that I would become a racial minority in a lot of these countries. And basically, I would have to choose between homophobia or racism. And at least one I could try to hide. To give you a personal example, um, I was in Copenhagen back in 2021 for World Pride. And obviously, if a country is hosting World Pride, then they probably love the gays. Um, but one night, um, I was eating a burger outside on the street, just minding my own business. And a Danish guy um, comes running up to me and he's like yelling something in Danish and taking pictures of me. And I thought, oh, maybe he's confusing me as a member of BTS. Um, and then a Danish guy next to me um, tells me to just ignore him because he's just being racist. And I was like, oh, Okay, that's nice. I'm not using this example to say anything about Denmark. Like I know that racist people exist all across the world, but um, I'm just using this as an example to illustrate that homophobia is not the only thing I have to worry about when I travel. I also have to think what these countries think of Chinese people. So when you're at the intersection of multiple marginalized groups, then gay is not the only thing that comes into play. If you're a woman, if you're non-binary, if you're black, if you're a person with a disability, then all these other factors come into play in deciding whether or not it's worth traveling there. Uh, so I hope that we all have a little bit more faith in other people in believing that we're all trying to make the best decisions for ourselves based on our own personal circumstances. And what might not be right for you might be okay for another person because maybe they're balancing different factors into account. And I think that's okay. Coming to you live from Toronto, straight from your For You page, please welcome Chris Zoe to Literally Gaysians. Hey, Chris. <laughs> And Toronto is in Canada, because I know America's sometimes confused. A lot of public schooling here. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I hope you're not hungover. What did you do last night? Uh, Beyonce. Um, <sighs> yes. Yeah, I de definitely started work a little bit late this morning, but I am feeling much better now. I'm glad the podcast is starting at night um, and not, <laughs> not in the morning, or else I would not be functioning right now. Are you at home? Are you at the office? This is my home, but this is actually not usually where I stay. It's actually my guest bedroom. So none oh. of those things are mine. Just oh. don't look too close. <laughs> Sometimes I'm not even sure if you worked when I look at your TikToks. I'm like, you're always somewhere. Like, <laughs> like constantly. She worked from home. She worked from hotel. I yeah it's it's the non, one of the beauties of like working from home is that you get to kind of you know take spend an extra Friday or a Monday in another country and just work from there. Oh, it's so nice. And so for the purpose of this podcast, since we have two Chris's on here, I'm going to call you Chris, my co-host, don't you? Which I interchange all the time. It's me. And then that means Chris Zoe, you get to be the only Chris on this episode. <laughs> and I'm pretty certain I'm going to do a terrible job at this, by the way, but we're going to do it. We're going to go for it. Mm -hmm. And so maybe I want to um, start with the fact that you and I have actually met in person before. And why don't you, <laughs> why don't you tell us the story of that fateful day? I, uh, I don't know how much you want me to reveal, but um, oh, I just remember that was my first night trying an AMF. Is that, is that an AMF, the drink? 
Uh-huh. Yes, short audio. for adios, motherfucker. We don't, we don't have that here, or I, I, I don't think we do. Um, and so my friends were like, you got to try this, you got to try this. And um, I ordered it, and I have no idea what it was. And I took a sip, and I was like, I'm definitely getting fucked tonight. Mm-hmm. And um, after, like, that and a vodka soda, and then I saw... Went to the dance floor, found a group of Gaijans, and then you popped up, and then we locked eyes, and then I was like, oh, hi. And then we came closer, and I think you were like, oh, hey, you're the guy from TikTok. And I was like, oh, okay. Our gaze was locking for a different reason. (laughs) 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 Whoops. Um, And yeah, it was magical. It was magical. You were everything I thought you were going to be. A bottom? <laughs> no, you did not think that. No, I actually did not. In person, very, very top vibe, actually. I can hear all my friends snickering at that comment right now. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, maybe because it's like maybe maybe they've known you for a while, so they only, they remind you mm-hmm. as like a 20-year-old. But, you know, you're giving off, you know, some strong dom energy, I think. <laughs> it was so funny because after that, I met your friends and then proceeded to make out with two of them. So. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So you do have that energy. Maybe you're just like dominant but bottom oh dumb bot? Yeah, that's that's dumb, dumb, dumb bot is that what it's called <laughs> i don't uh, know oh. <laughs> so you're all over my for you page and i was newish to tiktok and i love your stories uh, although i think uh we also have met i creepily approached you at bow in san francisco last year during one of your party trips i, I kept it quick because i know i know you want to like have your moment there enjoy your anonymity <laughs> I spotted you from a mile away and I'm always riveted and excited when I flick up and you've got a new take and and I also identify with your time partying I had a similar party path over the last 10 years Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. you've packed it all into two years I don't know how you do it (laughs) and you like talk about the trials and tribulations and it's amazing the authenticity and clarity and humor that you bring to Gaijin life but how did it happen? How did it start? Um, it started, I think I was in my late 20s. Uh, so I was like 27, 28. Um, and then I used to go to raves with my straight friends. And at the time, I didn't do any drugs. So I would stay up till like 8, 9 in the morning just on Red Bull. And I missed <laughs> those days. Like I was, oh my gosh. Oh, wow. And then one time, it was my partner when when i took like i needed like some i needed some water and then i took like a like a like a whole chug of water thinking it was water it wasn't water it was like water mixed with 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 m and i was like oh there goes my virginity (laughs) (laughs) magic water i know i feel like it's one of those things like if you have if you know what it's like on drugs it's like hard to do those things without it and so once you got the taste of it, you're like, oh, I kind of want to like try it again and again. And then you're kind of like sucked into that life. So, if I, you know, I have a lot of respect for people who can do these things sober because, you know, I think there's a there, I think there's even a trend now of like sober partying. And I'm, I'm going to try it once in a while, but I haven't really it's hard to resist the temptation. It's it's easy to do now now that the drugs don't work on me. So. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's like, what's the point? I'm going to have to feel the effects of it without 
the benefits of it. Yeah. So at this, so, some point, you're just like, well, I kind of want to do a hike tomorrow. <laughs> or like, <you> just, <laughs> I don't want to get fired tomorrow. I can't do my job the same way anymore. So, well, it was actually so like that was so that was raving. And then um, at the time, I was like also kind of seeing someone in, in San Francisco. And then so I went to SF um, a month after I tried my like first taste of uh, drugs. And then it was like all you. Who was like, try all the other letters. Everything is here. <laughs> and then and then, you know, all the other letters became popular here in Toronto too. So you guys really are the, you know, this is a California influence. You guys influence <laughs> what happens in the rest of North America. <laughs> so it was it's you guys, you guys definitely party on like another another scale down there in SF. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to handle it. So with all that partying, what brought you to oh, want to talk about it so publicly on, on the talk? Um, I, I, I don't, I think it was just more for me to like journal my life. It wasn't like, mm-hmm. that's why I never, I, I don't consider my stories to be takes by any means because I, I just, I'm just describing like what I did that day or what I did over the weekend. And so I never expected it to like, resonate with people i guess so for me it's just more they're just more like vlogging it was nothing was ever done with intention and i'm kind of like going with the flow of how things are moving and like whatever comes to my mind i kind of i talk about but they're never like scripted or thought out planned in advance they're just like things i feel at the moment and a lot of times like I don't even agree with the stuff that I said like months ago, you know? Like, just like, yeah, like, because people, your mood changes, your opinion changes from time to time. And so I'm happy that, like, no, actually, no, that's not the right word. I'm surprised that so many people are watching it. And it kind of also makes me nervous at the same time because I don't want people to, like, take it too seriously like i don't really think that like california asians are like that different like i don't it's just it's just they're just light-hearted observations you know and sometimes people think like oh people someone actually wrote an article about california asians yeah, based on my text and i was like i didn't mean it this way you know and so it makes me <laughs> a little bit nervous um because i i don't want to lose like, like my, the hope, like for me, the, the value of social media is just for me to kind of present, present myself authentically so that I can see how I'm growing and changing as a person as, as well. And so if I lose that authenticity, it kind of defeats the purpose of me being on there. And so, yeah, I, I try not to think too much about who's actually watching and how people are interpreting these things. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I think it's okay to embellish. It's our stories. It's it's got to be fun. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 yeah. I'm just. I guess you know. I, I think for me, the biggest surprise is that like it's it it was received so positively. And I know there are a lot of people who dislike it. Like I'm not I'm not delusional, but um, it was it's received so positively positively by people in our own communities. Because I I totally thought like yeah I would get like snickers and sneers and people being like ew like you know who do you think you are kind of thing. But I I I've been really surprised at how nice people are on TikTok actually. Because <laughs> you compare that to like someone something like Twitter and like YouTube, it's like a cesspool over there but tiktok people are like generally quite positive and uplifting 
because I really do think you have a talent in that. Like it does feel unscripted in this great way. Or like we do feel we're getting stream of consciousness, but you're able to pre- present it with a lot of clarity because some people do stream of consciousness and they're all over the place. Like if I did stream of consciousness, it would be just illegible. I feel like it's a lot of people just have a confidence issue because like we all have thoughts that flow into our heads, you know, and I feel like. Like it's it's not like I I um it's not like I just started on TikTok right away. Like I was vlogging on my own personal Instagram story for a while. That's where I kind of got the hang of like okay, like this is how you know you talk about your thoughts and like your tell your stories. And then it was through like a, a friend of mine on there who was like, oh, you should post this on TikTok. And I was like, who's gonna who's gonna want to watch me on TikTok? But I moved it over there, and then it just some of it went viral and I was like okay well I guess some people are interested (laughs) but (laughs) I didn't think I was gonna ever go actually do TikTok to this this extent like I thought by this point I would be done but I have to at least keep going until um my Australia trip later this year (laughs) because (laughs) they're taking me back there for a reason um and so I have to at least keep going till then and then we'll see where the road goes (laughs) Uh, so when was the moment where all I kind of blew up for you or did it just kind of steadily build over time? So I have two accounts. And so on my main account, I didn't think that I was going to... It's like, I, I know that it's not that hard to tell that I'm gay, but I wasn't actually going to explicitly say it on TikTok because I didn't want to talk about like gay stuff on there just because I, I it was... It's not that I'm ashamed of it, but it wasn't really the kind of content that I was going to create. I started off uh, just talking about like random musings. And one of the things that I talked about was how a lot of my millennial friends didn't understand Gen Z lingo. And I kept posting about like, I kept using a lot of Gen Z lingo on my um, personal Instagram. And my friends would always ask me like, what does this mean? Like, what what does that mean? Like, what does it mean to slap? And I was like, oh my God, guys, like I can't, I can't like be responding to like 10 people on like, what does slap mean? And so that's why I, I created like this series of like, hey, this is what like, you know, this is a Gen Z lingo and this is what it means. And um, it just blew up with, with like, moms <laughs> a lot of moms were like oh my gosh now i can understand my kids and this is great tell us more um and it got it went so like well i've had much more viral videos on it, but at the time like to get your first million view video it's like a lot because you're like getting bombarded with like all this comment and like messages and after a certain number of views you start to attract like weird weird people Mm -hmm. and that week i had two videos reach a million views all of a sudden and i was like i don't know i don't know what's going on like i'm this i I, and then i I had to like i like went went off the app for like four or five days just to like because i couldn't handle the the all the notifications when i real and then there were like a lot of these there were a lot of these like there was a certain kind of mom who were like shut up don't talk about anything else tell us more gen z lingo and i was like i'm not gonna create an account of like (laughs) Gen Z lingo. I'm not going to be a Gen Z teacher. Like that's kind of cringy for like a 35 year old man to be doing. 
And every time I posted about anything else that's like about my life, people are like, shut up, tell me something else. And, <laughs> and I had a feeling that these were the kind of people who were also not a huge fan of like gay people. Like there was a kind of a close correlation there. So at the time when I went viral, it was end of May and then June was pride. And so I started making a lot more like gay content. And then all and then I lost like half my followers. And I was like, perfect, great. Now I get like a bunch of people who are like allowing me to be myself. And then and then my gay content became a little bit too graphic for my audience of moms and I think <laughs> they were like I'm listening to these videos and like one minute you're talking about Gen Z lingo the next minute you're talking about like anal like I can't you know it's kind of unfair for I understood like their perspective like I'm listening to these TikToks with my kids next to me and so I'm like okay that makes sense so I'm gonna move this to my to I'm gonna start a gay account and move everything there I remember when I, that happened. Yeah, and then and then I just made a bunch of things about like twinks, and then it blew up again over there. So I was like, okay, well, clearly, you know, there's something about I don't know, maybe TikTok favors like Chinese people or something because it keeps. It's just I don't know mm-hmm. what it is, but like these videos keep like blowing up from time to time, and like I, I cannot predict, and I I can't predict how these things are going to go because I don't think my best videos are the ones that get the most views it's just like it's all luck i think no idea how no idea how it works but you are also hilarious like so we whenever there's like a topic i see that a new video and there's that topic you have on top of your tiktok i'm like oh i can't wait to see what he's gonna talk about this topic in in addition to being like famous with moms and famous with some of the gays you're also famous in australia like how did that all happen (laughs) (laughs) like blew up in australia i I am still very confused till this day. And I I think like what what even happened? Like I that was a whole all a blur to me. But I basically posted a TikTok about like how Mardi Gras just drained everything out of me. And I didn't know how I was gonna survive the weekend after. Cause for World Pride Sydney, usually Pride is only like one weekend, but because it was World Pride, they decided to stretch it to two weekends. And um and the Australians party like so hard. <laughs> I don't I don't know how they do it, but but basically like they they love their day parties and I usually skip all the day parties here. But in Australia, because the weather is so nice and they have like the nice outdoor venues, you kind of have to go to the day parties. Mm-hmm. So you go to all these day parties, and then after right after the day party, there's like a night party. Like you don't even have time for dinner. And then after the night party, you have an after party. And then after party, you go to like someone's house for something for a home pub. They call it a kick on. And then they okay, call it a what? A kick on. A kick. Kick on. Kick on. Wow. Yeah. Oh. And then um, I was just talking about like how stressful this is and i guess it kind of resonated with a lot of australian people who are also feeling a little bit broken but maybe (laughs) it's because like they didn't want to seem weak to other australians that they used me as kind of a vessel to like (laughs) express their brokenness and they're like we love you we love you and then and then they put me on the news (laughs) on a few articles and i've been put on like news like on articles here and and i even went on like 
some, someone in Atlanta even wrote about me once when I was there and, and I talked about like Southern hospitality. But usually when you're on the news and like um, here in like Toronto, like people kind of cringe, like why are people like, why is this guy? TikTok is so stupid. Why are people using this stupid app? But in Australia, someone told me that like people love that shit. Like people love when someone goes on the news and for like some silly reasons. And so that like made me even more popular. Whereas here, like, it doesn't do anything for you to be posted on the news. And then, so that kind of like escalated. And then, and then, yeah, it just, I, it just keeps growing and growing. And, um, and I don't, I don't, I still cannot explain what's happening. And I'm very confused. And, and then I posted a series of TikToks talking about how confused I am. And then it blew up even more. So I don't, <laughs> nothing I do, just, everything I do is just gets eaten up over there. It just snowballs. I love that for you, though. I mean, I I follow I followed your path the whole way through. <laughs> even yeah, even um, I, I I was at um a bar here and and someone was like, oh my gosh, I love your Australia series, and I was like, I didn't even think that it would. I thought it was just contained in <laughs> a Australia. series. I didn't I didn't know that people here even um cared for it. Uh, it was uh, it's definitely an interesting experience but i think also the experience made me realize that like i will never want to be famous like, mm. <laughs> like i would never want that kind of fame here in toronto like when i was in sydney like people random people on the street would just like yell my name like you're the tiktoker you're the tiktoker and like on the elevator in a hotel someone asked me to take like a selfie with them but here in toronto thankfully like no one gives a shit about who you are. Like it's such a it's such a big city, and everyone's like too busy being depressed. So so you know, I walk, I, where whatever I do, like no one no one cares about. And so I'm I'm kind of glad glad in that way um, to be. I enjoy kind of it's kind of a weird thing to say, but I, I enjoy my like privacy um, mm-hmm. and just being left alone. So so yeah, fame is fame is not in the cards for me. <laughs> It's funny because you're like one of the most famous Gaijins at the moment. Oh, I feel but like it's very, it's very like clustered and yeah, of course, in our in our bubble. So I'm yeah. not. It's not yeah. like it's not that bad at the moment. Maybe we can get to know you a little bit more versus sure. how, how popular you are. Mm-hmm. So before you became a dominant force on the FYP, like what what was your story? Like who was Chris Zoe before Stories of CZ? My gosh, you're asking me some deep questions here. Who was I? Who am I now even? Like, I don't, it's, such a, it's a very difficult question. Uh, I guess, I don't, I, my, I guess I could tell you my life story, like sum up the life story. Like I was born in China, but I was only there for a year from zero to one. And then I moved to Japan and then I was there for about seven years. And then I moved to Toronto and then, um, I guess this is a Gaijin podcast. So I knew I was gay like all my life. I actually thought the default was that everyone was gay because I was gay. <laughs> I thought everyone was gay and then we all just married women anyway. Because <laughs> like you just, you don't know, right? Like you just, like that's because you're, you're just, uh, that, that you don't, because people don't talk about their sexuality so openly. So you just assume that everyone is attracted to the, to the same gender. And then um, it wasn't, I didn't really come out until like later, Although people, everyone kind of, everyone already knew, but um, I didn't come out until maybe like 22-ish. And then, oh. um, 
And then at the time, there wasn't a lot of gay, I don't know what the word is, but gay resources, maybe. But there mm-hmm. weren't things like Reddit and social well, the Social media was just starting. And um, there was this one show on MTV. Do you guys remember One Girl, Five Gays? Yes. <laughs> I do not. I it was bad. I've never seen oh, it. What, what, oh, one what's girl, what's the premise gays. of the show? It's um, it's one. It's literally just one girl and five gays sitting in a circle, and talking about kind of like this. Like they talk about a lot of like gay topics, and I, that show was actually filmed in Toronto. And all the guys are actually from from here. They're still here. A lot of them are still here right now. And that was basically like what I had to go off of when I was thinking about like, oh, what the what gay what it, what it means to be gay, what the gay community is like, um, and. <laughs> And Chris, well, Doncha, you 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 were like that's that's bad. <laughs> so so you know that 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 was for me. That that was true for me. Like I kind of had a very negative perception of like what I thought the gay community was. I kept my guard up a lot, and I didn't really want to like immerse myself too closely with people because I was just that show made me a little bit distrusting <laughs> of like gay men in general. <laughs> um, and then like we had. It wasn't until like I started, I, I discovered um, a, a Gaijin event here called Asian Express, which is rest in peace. We don't have that anymore. Where I started to like realize like, oh, like this is where I fit in. Like now I'm feeling mm. like my my people, and then I um, and then yeah, and then I think I kind of had to like break down what I thought about the gay community and rebuild it from the ground up and realize like I know there's been drama <laughs> here and there but it really is it, we're, we're nice people i find i find that like you travel the world and you go to all of these gay bars and i find that people are generally actually like really friendly um if you if you put yourself out there and even yeah. even like especially with circuit parties like when i i hesitated at entering at first because you look you look at you watch the videos and you look at the pictures and you're like oh you know like i'm not like i don't look like that and like blah 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 like you you kind of doubt yourself but like when you go there and like actually like talk to some of these men like they're actually not that bad like many of them are actually quite interesting and like are actually quite nice and um, and so I realized, like, that I had to kind of break down some of my preconceived notions about gay men and that, in general, I find that most of us have been quite nice and pleasant and are trying our best. What, what were some of those preconceived notions? I just thought, like, you know, that maybe gay men are a little bit, can be a little bit competitive and and mm. catty and can be quite superficial and and, and shallow, but... I and I think yeah there are men like that but I feel like that's it's just a very like it's kind of like a vocal minority kind of thing but like most mm-hmm. of us are very are much more inclusive and open minded than that I think. So you kind of touched on it already but we want to go back to one of our classic literally gaijin questions um, that we haven't asked in a long time was there a defining moment when you realized you were gaijin? Hmm. I've always been 
proudly Asian. I know a lot of people struggle sometimes with like their Asian identity. That That's never really been the case for me. I think it's because my parents have always raised me to be Asian. <laughs> they always like <laughs> forced me to go back to China once mm-hmm. once in a while to be like, this is your people. <laughs> you know, this is, this is your culture. Um, do not forget. <laughs> yeah, do not forget. Um, and and so I, I've always loved being Asian and, and I... I'm really grateful that I was um, I grew up here in Toronto because most of my friends here are Asian. The gay thing, yeah, uh, I guess you know what? Actually, I actually have thought of this question because you asked this question on another podcast, and when you said when you asked this question, I even thought to myself like, how would I even under understand this question? I think for me, actually, when I felt maybe like, oh, like I feel as us as a community was coming onto TikTok in some ways, I guess, because uh, coming on a here, recent thing. Yeah, like I've I've always been part of the Gaijin community in Toronto, but uh, I never thought of it as like a Gaijin thing. I just thought of it as just naturally my friends. But it wasn't until I came on TikTok, and then I went to like. LA, New York, and Bangkok, um, and mm-hmm. and people explicitly were like, "It's so nice to see like representation of Gaijins, like for you to for you to like put your face out there so that we could be represented in to a much uh, broader audience." And it freaks me out when people say that because <laughs> I don't really want to be put on that kind of put under that kind of pressure but that was like the like kind of the first time Mm. when i realized like oh like people actually still need this kind of represent Mm -hmm. representation and need this community because i've I've always had it here, and so it's never felt like like a special thing for me. But it's when you travel abroad and you realize, like most places don't have most places outside of Asia don't have like a strong Gaijin community yet, mm-hmm. and so they need people like hopefully not like me, but like you guys <laughs> to give them that kind of representation and and help guide them and and um, give them some information about you know how to navigate gay culture as an Asian person. Oh, I feel really bad for some of them listening to us. Yeah, no, no, we're, we're, we're deferring this responsibility to you, Chris. You are our leader. You oh, are the no, leader. no, 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 no. I hope, I hope not. When people tell me that, like, sometimes when influencers are like, oh, I'm, I'm so touched when people think I'm, like, a good influence on them. Like, I don't. Like, I, when people are like, you inspire me, I'm like, that's a horrendous thing to say. Because, like, what, how sad does your life have to be that I become your inspiration? Like, I'm just a normal person you know i don't see myself as any better than anyone else and so it feels weird because i just i i feel so average like and i don't i don't i don't mean that in like a self-defacing way like i just i like being you know a, a regular person that when someone thinks sees you as otherwise i'm like oh my gosh like i don't even see myself that way it's over, it's kind of overwhelming in some ways well maybe that's part of it that the the everyday person gets to identify with another everyday person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I I I understand the appeal of that because for me, like those are that's the kind of content that resonates with me on TikTok. Like I love just watching everyday people do everyday things. Part of me, you know, creating this kind of content is just it's so easy for us to like critique 
other people and criticize other people's content. And and I remember like being on TikTok, I don't get it. Everyone's just dancing and dancing and dancing. And I'm like, you know what? Like, shut up, Chris. Like, if you're not going to make content, then you can't complain, you know? And so I'm like, okay, well, what, what kind of content would I want to see? And so, so I see the, I understand the appeal of just wanting to see like everyday people talk about everyday things sometimes like that gets like glamorized in some ways i guess and that's the part that i i I, i'm not i i don't think i'll ever quite get used to i guess because like i've always grown up like like pretty i've always had a lot a lot of friends and stuff but we're kind of used to being um invisible in a lot of these spaces right and and so i've learned to adapt to that um and i've learned to just like make my own space like i don't care if people don't talk to me i don't care if people don't see me i'm still gonna have a good time and so i've learned to like find that self-love and i have like more than enough love for myself and so that's what i'm used to and then when other people start to give love to me it's like i don't have space for that love you know and wow. so it's like very overwhelming because I really do love myself, like maybe a little too much, but I really do. <laughs> and so it's it's a lot. Um, and I think I need to make space for that. But then at the same time, you're like, you know, your 15 minutes of fame could be over at any moment. And in this day and age, like you only really need to say the wrong thing here and there for everyone to like just hate you. And so like you also can't like take this thing too seriously i feel like mm-hmm. and so i i, I want to be a little bit cautious as well and so i think i'm like trying to find that balance of like accepting their love and not making sure that i don't end up like relying on it as well your fans think you're inspiring people call docha and i depressing no there was this one hateful comment on like one of our reels when we first launched the podcast and they were just like the fact that you two are still living this chaotic life is just depressing (laughs) (laughs) i want to like actually focus on this journey of self-love that you have because i do think that's why people connect you feel free you don't seem riddled by the anxiety that the rest of us (laughs) feel right my (laughs) my partner says i have a cold chinese heart (laughs) (laughs) and um i didn't know that like i don't really get anxious like i like my i think maybe my mentally darkest days were like the pandemic but even then like you know i kind i was able to like pull through and i don't want to ignore the fact that like a lot of it has to do with the fact that like i'm in a very comfortable position in life like i'm financially doing okay (laughs) doing well um and and so a lot of the confidence that you see is because i know that i always have a net a safety net which a lot of people don't necessarily have right and so like i think a lot of people have the same sort of opinions that i have but are not but don't want to necessarily voice it on TikTok because they're like, oh, what if like my uh, colleagues find out? What if my work finds out? What if I get fired? And I'm like, well, if my work fires me, I'll have something else lined up kind of thing. So I, I know that some, some of the confidence, confidence that I exude is from, is from that privilege. Um, And I also think like, we kind of underestimate innate genetic factor that also comes into play when it comes to how resilient you are as a person. And some people are just born a little bit more resilient than others. Like some people are taller than others. And I just happen to win that genetic lottery. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, 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 you know, things just have never really 
phase me much and and you know you compare me to someone like my brother who's like very very different in that in that way i feel i feel bad you know like some people just have that like rain cloud over their head and i just mm-hmm. always have like a sun over my head <laughs> and it has nothing to do with like you know it's not like a book i read or like any like therapy that i went to it's just i was all i've always been this way and it's just mm-hmm. I, I was just yeah, i don't know i was, I was born with it <laughs> born this way <laughs> yeah you, you like you, you you radiate that and it's like it's hard to explain but i do think that it makes a lot of sense now why people would connect with your videos because you really radiate that and they like it's 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 aspirational to have Mm -hmm. that level of like you know i feel bad that i didn't i i honestly i honestly didn't know for a long time that like not everyone felt that way and so hearing about people's stories of like self-doubt and body dysmorphia and like um um and like self-esteem issues and 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 anxious attachment and like and like hearing about everyone else's um mental health issues like made me realize how lucky i am and sometimes i'm like i wish i could like give you the sun over my head so you feel better about yourself but we're not there yet (laughs) but i wish i could i i I would if i would if i could Well, maybe with each video, it, you are giving it to to somebody just well, a little yeah, bit, yeah, a little yeah. at a time. Yeah, yeah. I know it's not always. I'm not. I'm also not a huge let's hold hands and sing kumbaya kind of person either. You know, yeah. <laughs> some people are a little bit too on that side, and for mm-hmm. me, that's like not mm-hmm. the kind of stuff that I I I, I resonate with. Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess if it's uplifting to people, great. But I know that it's not always um, that kind of content. <laughs> Okay, on that note, we're going to ask you to bring that big Gaijin energy and ask you some hot takes on some hot Gaijin topics. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So make sure that you edit out anything that's going to get me canceled because I, the Australia people are not going to be happy with me if I say anything that upsets too many people. <laughs> okay, okay um, we'll start with something light. Okay. Affirmative action. <laughs> The Supreme Court recently banned race-based admissions in the U.S., and we can't tell whether Asians support affirmative action or not. On TikTok, we've heard most of them do, but like a Pew study said most Asian Americans feel race or ethnicity should not be a factor in college admission decisions. Now, you worked in university admissions before. You've talked about it a little bit. What's, What's your hot take? Um, I knew that affirmative action was going to get banned at some point because if California, like, you know, the most liberal state (laughs) bans it, then it was going to get banned in um, all of the United States at some point. I wasn't always pro-affirmative action because before I worked in admissions, like, logically, like, basing someone's entry into a program on race just seems like a racist thing to do. Like, logically, it didn't make sense to me. And it wasn't until I started working in admissions for a couple of years that I realized, oh, actually, race does matter. And it's something that we need to take into consideration. And the most vivid example of this is in in medicine, because I worked in medical school admissions. And um, we don't have enough Black doctors in um, in Canada and the United States. And we also know that patients prefer doctors of their own race. And Black doctors are better able to treat 
Black patients. And even among like medical students right now, they have a lot of preconceived notions about Black people that just aren't true. So for instance, they did a study that, that showed that a lot of about half of medical students, in, I think, I, I don't, I think it's about half, about half of medical students incorrectly believe that black people have a higher threshold for pain. And so, so they stupid. would, yeah. And so they would, their treatment plan would, they wouldn't actually follow the proper treatment plan in um, treating black patients. And so it, like, these are the kind of little biases that permeate medicine, which makes you realize we need more black doctors, which means we need more black medical students right so then admissions then also needs to take diversity into account so ultimately like it trickles down to like society and and if we care about you know health equity economic disparities then we do need to correct for that in the admissions process ultimately what i will say is like it doesn't and i think both sides will get a little bit mad at me for this but it doesn't really make a huge difference because admissions is such a like Admissions is actually such a small piece of the overall puzzle. And if you invest more into recruitment, you'll actually get more bang for your buck in terms of diversity. And so even though affirmative action was removed, if these schools start to invest more and more in in um, outreach and partnerships with these underrepresented groups, then like California did, you'll still get a, a healthy diversity of, of students. I think my the only reason why... I wanted to talk quite a bit about um, affirmative action and admissions on TikTok was because there were just there were just so many misunderstandings about the admissions process and about assessments. And I kind of regret even talking about it in the first place because I'm getting into all these like back and forth arguments with people. It's just a fundamental disagreement between like, do you believe in individual fairness or do you believe in what serves the needs of the community? And some people mm-hmm. think that fair and individual fairness is important um, and that we need to make sure that you know the the best student whatever that means gets uh, gets into these schools whereas i just am on the on the uh, with the belief that we need to do what's good for society um and so i have a more communal perspective but and so this is just a fundamental disagreement that people have about affirmative action and yeah. i don't think one is right and the other is wrong i just believe in a more communal approach yeah, it's the the ver- that American individualism versus like the Star Trek way. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a famous there's a famous uh, trolley problem that we often talk about in in um, in moral psychology, where like there's a trolley that's about to um, go down the rail and run over like five people, but you could flip a switch so that it actually diverts the trolley and hit um, and kill and runs over one person. And so would you flip the switch or not? And like, people have kind of different feelings about that. And so it's it's kind of like just a difference in morality. And I guess I'm the kind of person that would flip the switch. (laughs) I relate to that too, just because the thing that's kind of icky about this is sort of like the white supremacy thing of getting all the BIPOC groups to fight each other on a topic. And because most of the admissions into these institutions are from like legacy or networking, the rest of the marginalized groups that don't have that access to that legacy admission or access to those resources kind of are fighting each other. My parents moved me out of a certain community to go to a certain high school. So I used to be in the really working class part of San Gabriel Valley. And then they made enough money to move to like a place where 
everyone took SAT school, right? To mm-hmm. or had SAT tutors to get better better grades. And I can see like those are the types of people from those communities that are the Californians on social media right now saying it's an amazing idea that affirmative action is or race based submissions is banned now. Yeah, I've I've noticed this myself that I think. Uh, it's surpri- it always surpri- I don't want to belabor this point of this California Asian thing, but I think it is actually a lot of the California Asians who are against affirmative action. But I think some of that has to do with like because you're surrounded by so many Asians in a lot of these pockets, like you don't real you don't know what it's like to be that one minority in like a school of like white people, you know, to be the only black person in like Mm -hmm. a school of 200 to get like stared at when you walk into the room and to have no one want to partner with you for like group projects. And so like, obviously those things are going to impact their performance in school. So, you know, they'll often say like, oh, but look, most people who are dropping out are are all of these like minority students. And it's like, well, yeah, that doesn't surprise me because they're not, they're oftentimes not included in these programs. And like, mm-hmm. you know, like how do you not see that? But maybe you don't see that because you grew up in California. <laughs> When, when I used to be in the corporate world and, you know, after George Floyd, or, you know, every corporation was like, we got to recruit more people from marginalized or uh, underrepresented groups. And some of the arguments that some of these people up top had were, uh, we try, but we, we haven't found any. Oh, right? yeah. There's not, there's not enough talent. And then, of course, we think differently about that now. And a lot of those recruitment strategies, this is where the recruitment strategies and the partnerships matter, because I think the corporations are taking a book from, from university recruiting. Correct, correct, correct. Yeah, it's all about it. I'm, I'm a little bit like, yeah, of course, a, a part of me is a little bit disappointed um, that affirmative action is banned. It was kind of expected, but I know that it things will be corrected with, um, with recruitment. Um, but I guess it's my, it's just scary. Like I'm from my perspective, like looking down on America and seeing where things are heading. It's just scary to see, you know, because affirmative action was like a string of after like removing a lot of these other other rights from these uh, marginalized groups. And so I I, I I worry for your country a little bit. <laughs> I hope you'll do oh, okay. <laughs> we worry for our country every day. <laughs> I have faith, though. I have faith, though, because, you know, um, Americans uh, are, are fearless. You guys are very bold and very vocal. And so, you know, I, I know you'll find your way. But just looking at the way that things are heading, it just scares me a little. <laughs> Because it also trickles to us, like whatever mm-hmm. you do down there will impact us down the road too. And I feel like now that affirmative action was banned in the U.S., like maybe it's going to be something that we'll talk about here, here in Canada. And so it's 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 uh, it scares me. Although I do think the um, was it Roe v. Wade being overturned. Um, I think made most Canadians want to dissociate from you more. <laughs> so yeah. hopefully we're, not, we're not following your, your tracks in that way. Wins and losses. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I hate to bring this into a more serious topic. Uh oh. The next topic is the Gaijin YouTube butthole. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kevin Leonardo. <laughs> yeah. So for those of you who haven't seen it, a few weeks ago, a Gaijin TikToker or influencer posted in a seemingly innocuous product review on YouTube. Uh, I was sent the link by both of these Chris's, <laughs> actually, because the thumbnail for it was a lathered up hairy Gaijin butthole. 
And it was actually a review for Nair hair removal cream on his buttholes. It made me gasp. I was wondering why such explicit material was on YouTube. But it was also very direct and informational. Like, did it make me kind of consider buying Nair for for that purpose? Maybe. Mm -hmm. So if you haven't seen the video, search removing butt hairs using Nair cream on YouTube. But Chris, what is your hot take on this? I, I I actually am not, con- I'm not I'm actually not sure if he was sponsored by Nair. I don't think he actually mm-hmm. was. I think mm-hmm. he just did it on his own. Um, I've been following Kevin for a while, and uh, he started this like whole rampage on like 1989 being better than to pimp a butterfly. And I was like, oh, what yeah. are you, <laughs> what are you doing, my friend? What are you doing? <laughs> I, I have to say, like the Nair butthole, I, I'm coming around. I don't know what it is about that video. My perspective it is a nice butthole i thought it was a kind of a nice butthole and um i think it's like I, I don't know and now like with his like the humor and the kind of sarcasm that he's carrying himself with after the nair video went viral like i i'm kind of like team kevin like don't get me wrong i know he has some like weird takes here and there but Overall, he seems like a pretty nice, nice guy, and and I'd love to hang out with him. And right now, he is the face of the Gaijin community. So. <laughs> Actually, he's the butthole of the Gaijin community. <laughs> yeah, he is destroying all of us. Okay, that is the representation that we have at the moment. <laughs> no, last I checked, that video has twenty four million views, and it was posted two weeks ago. And do you, oh do you, what do you guys feel about it? Over the past few months, I'm always trying to figure out, is this satire or... Is he trolling? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but now at this point, I don't care. It's yeah. interesting. A lot of people are doing stitches of his videos with these long rants about how much harm he's doing to um, the Gaijin community. And those are all acceptable, like, uh, rants. But maybe people live all different types of lives and his life is acceptable right. also. Correct. I actually don't like those kind of takes at all because in every community, there will always be a variation of people and there will always be the kind of people who are not going to be the best representations of us. And to hold them accountable just because they're part of our community to me feels just unfair. Like it, like if someone is going to look at Kevin and think that that's what all Gaijins are. It's it's the person making that generalization that I think is the issue. I think we should be able to behave as silly as we want without carrying the burden of our community on our shoulders. So I, I yeah I, I I don't agree with most of those those stitches thinking that he's like a bad representation of our community. Like like then go be a good representation. Like go counterbalance him. Right. Like go yeah make go, your own videos. Yeah make your own <laughs> videos. Like people make the same kind of comments to me all the time. Like oh you're so toxic whatever. I'm like okay then go make your own videos. Like it's I didn't ask <laughs> to get all these views. I didn't ask for all of these people to follow me. I did it myself. <laughs> I think my biggest issue with his video is that it's not complete sure (laughs) it gets a good job at pulling the hairs out but i too myself have used nair in my butthole and the worst part is the regrowth it's all ingrown hairs and for the next Uh... after the first week you can't even sit down without it being itchy it's just it's awful it's it's a moment in time where it's a beautiful hole and after that it's a disgusting hole 
I feel like maybe you should do a follow-up to his video. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, it looks like it did a great job, but blah, 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 blah. Because everyone knows about your hemorrhoids already. So what's another? <laughs> I know. You've been, having, you've been having the worst luck. <laughs> maybe that's what led to my hemorrhoids, using Nair as a child on my whole. Ooh. Well, I, I do have a question, a follow-up question for you, Chris. Mm-hmm. What makes a, a, a nice hole? Like, what makes a, a hole nice? Oh, I think everyone... Everyone has a different take on this because, you know, some people really like them hairy, but I like, I like the smooth and the, and his hole just look like, oh, it's so weird talking about this, but his hole just looks like one of those, like, that, that's just always ready, you know, like that's, he's just ready, <laughs> ready for the fun, you know, and, and, yeah. and it just, it's a, it looks fun. <laughs> you sound like an exotifying rice queen. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I see. I'm going to get canceled. You can't cancel me like this. <laughs> His hole radiates. It has that sun over his hole, like you. Like there's a sun over you. It really does. It like it like it's like breathing its own life. You know, it has its own heartbeat. Like it's 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 art. (laughs) Next take: dating a white guy. Love them, hate them, both. Oh god! <laughs> You're making me problem so hard. With this is the one that's gonna definitely get me canceled. I don't really like talking about racial preferences because it's such a it's a very complicated topic and people have very strong feelings about it. And, you know, I, I totally understand where a lot of our racial preferences can come from the representation that we see in Hollywood through like our kind of obsession with like white men and whiteness. And, you know, I myself am dating a white guy and I've thought about like my own sort of like, where did that come from? And like my own sort of, biases and um but instead of it's a hard one for me to talk about because (laughs) you know uh, because human beings are actually not really designed to understand ourselves very well like like the way we like we we are we have very poor metacognitive abilities and so like we think we might be thinking one way because of that but in reality like it might not be that at all so for example they did a really interesting experiment in the, I think it's in the 70s, um, um, and showing a series of, of experiments showing like how poor people's metacognitive skills are. And they lined up like five leggings on the table and asked people like, oh, which one do you think, um, do, do you like the best? And everyone will say, oh, it's the, the one on the right, the one on the right. And, um, and then if you ask them like, oh, why do you like this one? They'll be like, oh, because it's like really soft and the quality is really good. Um, but in reality, they're all the same. Like, and so, and so it's just the people pick the one on the right because it's on the right. Right. So this is kind of like, it kind of goes to show you, like, if you try to ask people to explain why they think the way way they think, like people are just going to come up with all these ideas that are not necessarily rooted in reality. So we, I don't know why, why, like for me specifically, it is that way. People want to know about like my own preferences all the time. And they're like, well, you know, who, like, are you only into white guys? Are you only into white guys? And, like, no. Seeing that I'm dating a white man obviously doesn't help my case. <laughs> and so, and so I don't, you know, so, like, what am I, and, like, you know, I, I'm never going to win here, right? So, like, you know, people are going to say whatever they want about me. But, yeah, you might be right. I'm an awful person. I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know what to say to you. <laughs> Well, for the record, um, you were looking to try to get fucked by Bao. Well, yes, yes, um, um, yes, yes. 
But we leave that at that. <laughs> it's a nuanced topic that I think probably requires like a much more thoughtful and thought out kind of discussion. It's it's probably one that I need to like kind of prepare in advance for. Yeah. <laughs> probably it's its, it's, it's own episode. It's to, yeah, it's hard to talk about it on the whim without sounding problematic. I guess that's my my hot take. What's yours then? <laughs> Put you on the spot. <laughs> Me? Yeah, uh, both of you, both of you. I'm into, like, everyone, but I've been, a recent track record has been kind of white, but... Nerdy white guys. Yeah, tall, <laughs> lanky, nerdy, glasses, uh, but then, you know, you I think... My, that's, my type is just rich, like, you know, like, I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> I, like, I like a man of, like, a certain kind of, like... Like panache, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you know, it's like it's, that's probably problematic in its own right. Um, but you know, the green is the color I see. <laughs> <laughs> the bank account. I'm not colorblind. I love green. <laughs> yeah, green. <laughs> I, I like everyone too, but I would say like when I started going to therapy, I started breaking down a little bit about why. When I'm attracted to a white guy, I feel like the rest of the community is going to hate me. I, I do have that notion, this idea in my head. Because I was really into a white guy once, and we were probably going to start dating. What I would fear is that people didn't think I was being a good part of the community by dating a white guy. And oh, I, I totally feel that. And that's partly yeah. why I'm like, am I really like a good representation for a community? Especially because like I'm dating a, a, a white white guy and I don't want to perpetuate this like stereotype that like Asian men are only interested in dating white men because most of my friends are actually like sticky, like they're, they're Asians dating Asians. Mm-hmm. But um, and, and so, you know, I that's why I'm like. Put, put them up here, you know, like, like mm-hmm. talk, talk to them, like, you know, let's look at them. And, and, um, and, and, and like, it's not even like my preferences, like shouldn't even matter to like the viewer. Right. It's not like I'm going to sleep with you anyway. Um, bow, you know, <laughs> 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 um, but so like, like it, it's just a weird, it's just a kind of like an unnecessary, um, jab at the individual because like who like Mm -hmm. why does it matter ultimately like like if you want to talk about racial preferences within our community sure but at at the individual level like that's not that's none of your business you know like i and and, like we can talk about systemic issues without attacking the individual and you know everyone is kind of going through some sort of process of bettering themselves and and i think we can all do some good in like expanding our our preferences diversifying the kind of media that we consume especially the kind of porn that we watch um and but it'll you know it's it's an individual journey that's going to take time and going after someone for it is not going to help anyone's cause you see this happen a lot online to like famous Asian cis women Correct. who date white men, like the this the whole swath of like the API community, particularly Just straight comes men, comes down on them. Yeah, yeah, it comes down yeah. on them. Yeah, yeah, but I do think it is re- important to recognize that we do have 
like, yeah, it is, it has been an issue, but I will say, like, I do notice that it's improving much, much more than, like, when you look at my millennial friends, we look kind of almost ridiculous, because it's all, like, Asian white, Asian white, Asian white, Asian white, and you go Mm -hmm. down to the Gen Zs, and it's all sticky, (laughs) it's all Asian, 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 and maybe, like, one white guy, and so, I, and, and, and now I think the discussion also needs to, like, expand to, like, well, what about, Black, Latino, you know, and yep. incorporating them into our into our spaces as well. And so, you know, it's a it's it's um they're they're important discussions to have, but you don't need to attack individuals for it. Like it's not mm-hmm. it's not you know we we can always work towards making things better without being nasty. So you're probably getting canceled after that, and so are all of us. <laughs> <laughs> it's so okay. Australia Australia is basically all white anyway. <laughs> <laughs> all right, last topic. Mm. Param, 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 param. Oh, param. I can't even I know. It and I know. Um, I feel like this is the one that will actually get me in trouble with the Australians. So I just <laughs> want to say that I love this song. This is like my favorite song of the year. <laughs> I. I'm Choose your about- words wisely. Um, I I love Kylie Minogue. She is wonderful. Although I will say, like, I think her like Fever album is like you know the her best work iconic the best yeah yeah all the songs from that like love uh love at first it was love at first sight love at first sight yes in your eyes can't get you out of my head so good but padam padam is good too you know i'm i'm i've come around i've come around for sure for sure i I love kylie to the point where um I, i discovered the album when I was in Vietnam in high school and I bought it. No, so it was bootleg, you know, it's in like a plastic thing with the yeah. CD. Yeah. Um, and it was a bootleg Kylie Minogue album. And when I, I listened to it all the time when I was in college at 19 and I came, I was driving with my sister and I was coming out to her like in the car. Mm-hmm. And her first response was, is this why you listen to Kylie so much? <laughs> 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 this my poor sister in high school is standing there's my strange brothers listening to a lot of awfully a lot of Kylie Minogue and it all made That's sense that, night. Giveaway. that really should have been the giveaway <laughs> yeah for sure that was your gay awakening <laughs> you yeah. guys like it is it big in like SF in LA is that a big song in California I heard it 20 heard it, times this weekend. Yeah, during Pride. I, okay, it was just okay okay on the, at the same place heard it at least t- two times within an hour but I, I, I will say, like, I'm really loving kind of the way that we consume music is just so much more expansive now. Like, a woman of her age, it's, like, very difficult to have, like, a hit song. Like, you know, back in the day, like, when we were growing up, when it's all about, like, skinny white girls. And, and now you can be of any age and, like, you know, have a viral hit. And so I'm, I'm, I'm definitely happy for her success, um, for mm-hmm. her rebound success that she's experiencing now. Yeah, and what I love about her success is that it seems accidental and effortless. Like, it's not like she's trying so hard to be successful. Mm -hmm. She's like, here's a really fun song. Yeah. That's very like simple me, video. Like me, effortless <laughs> and successful. Like I'm just, sure. just that's your brand. I'm like Kylie. Oh my gosh! I just realized You're I am Kylie. One Minogue. and the same. Yeah, You're the Kylie Minogue of the gaming that, community. That's why Australia loves me. She loves you. Yes. We have cracked the code. Yes. I am Kylie Minogue. This you are. This, oh wow. We've never seen you both in the same room at the same time. That is. Oh. Oh. You can't reveal too much now. Oh. <laughs> 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. So I think it's time, time to be real. The part of the episode where we get real about whatever's on our hearts or serotonin deficient minds. <laughs> and as our guest, Chris, why don't you start first? Time to time to be real, Chris. Yeah. Um, well, since um, Be Real was named after the social media app that's no longer popular, by the way. Okay, millennials? Yeah, I've stopped using it. <laughs> I've stopped using it, yeah. 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 Um, um, what do you guys think of threads? It's different. It's, it's, it feels lighter. It does, right? It does. I'm still not sure, like, how to use it just yet. I, I'm, a, like, a night owl. So, like, I like to lie in my bed for, like, hours, um, just uh, from, like, 1 a.m. to, like, 4 a.m., just scrolling through my phone. And sometimes I just want to, like... I wish I could post a TikTok, but my partner's sleeping next to me. And so I use threads as like my substitute now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I've, uh, but I, I don't know if it's going to last. I, I, I'm kind of, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I, I don't know how people feel about it yet. Do you use Twitter? I used to, but I never like used it that, that extensively. My, my issue with Twitter was that I had um, an academic Twitter, like for like, my when I was doing my PhD and academic Twitter is like oh it's it's not fun (laughs) just academia academia you know and like it's like I'm like I want to I want to talk about my life but um I can't talk about my life and mix it with academia stuff so so um I think threads is kind of like a nice reset for me first of all I use Twitter mostly for porn like I have a separate account that just all the porn and the other part of Twitter, I get intimidated by all the really funny and smart people on there. So I follow like comedians or even some of our friends, Chris, who are drag queens are just like amazing on Twitter. And I haven't really found that I'm good at good as a poster in that text or in that format. Mm-hmm. And threads, I just feel like I'm waiting for the porn to get on there. You can't, it's, it's like the same uh, rules as Instagram. You can't post anything. Yeah. So yeah. Kevin, Kevin Leonardo cannot post his um, butthole <laughs> on threads yet. Yet. <laughs> I should see, see. I haven't followed him yet. Yeah, we should see what he's up to. So we expect to see more of your life um, popping up on threads. We'll see. We'll see. I get bored of things so fast. So, so I, I like I was on Be Real for maybe like one month before I was like, okay, this is I've had Same. enough. <laughs> I, get, yeah, I still get the notifications. And I'm like, I, I, I no. <laughs> that sound gives me a little PTSD now. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I, I use it like a millennial would use it. Like I would think of like the next day, oh, I'm going on a hike, so you can be real then. And it's just like, 
<laughs> or, or wait, where was about. I? That's not what it's about. Oh, where was I? I was like watching a play, Jagged Little Pill. Yeah. And I was like, oh, like, why can't, like, I was, no, no, I was doing something else. And I was like, oh, I wish there was a be real now. And it, <laughs> it actually happened. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> let's do it. And I'm like, my brain is just not wired that way. It's just so millennial these days, you know? Well, the whole point is to like show off that like you have a, a regular normal life, you know? Yeah. And like, yeah. So it doesn't make people feel bad about, about their own life and realize that like even celebrities are just like, you know, lounging at home, eating chips, like. That's the mm-hmm. point of be real, not to, you're, you are, you really are a millennial. <laughs> yeah, I really am a millennial. Oh, I had to stop posting be reals because it always came on. I was still in bed during fun employment. I was like, I can't post a 10th photo of like the feet of my feet in bed. <laughs> <laughs> How is fun employment for you two? It's uh, up and down. That's actually, it's actually kind of my be real a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Like I'm unemployed now and I thought I was going to have so much fun. Yeah. And I was going to learn new skills. I was going to date, have me some fun. Yeah. But, you know, because on the weekdays, I'm relegated to the apps and it's been like, but it's actually been really excruciating. So, like, mm-hmm. uh, first, it started with a podcast listener catfishing me with photos of someone who I actually already knew, someone in New York. And that was wild. He was trying to invite me over. And I was like, oh, it, was, it started with, oh, you're on that podcast. <laughs> then, uh, and it's just getting tiring because recently it's gone as far as extortion. What? Mm. Yeah, I. It was from Tinder. Some guy started chatting me up, and I should have known. The first sign was that they wanted to chat on Telegram. Usually, all those like fake profiles on like Grinder and Tinder are like these Chinese um, faced photos, yeah. and always are looking for a relationship. And a long-term relationship, let's talk on WhatsApp. And they want to talk about crypto. And they're always in trading. Right. I got thrown off. And suddenly they're threatening to send pictures of me to my Instagram contacts. And... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a little freaked out at first. Oh, no, no, no. They're never going to actually do that. (laughs) And But then I was like, well... All of my friends have like seen me prancing around them naked already. So I was like, like my anxiety went down. I was like, what, 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 what's really the worst that could happen? Yeah. But yeah. I was like, not trying to raise my blood pressure because I recently have been learned about da- my dangerously high blood pressure. Uh, so I'm just trying to take better care of myself, and it's hard. I'm just trying to live my life, yeah, have some yeah. fun, get yeah. some validation. But it every turn is like just kind of shitty lately. So, yeah, it's yeah like- online apps, shitty. <laughs> it's not even like the people I'm interacting with, like the the flakes. It's the fake people. Oh god, it's awful. It's oh, it's one or the other. I um I always like fantasize about just like being unemployed, but I also know like the grass is always greener on the other side. And I think like when I was like during the pandemic, I was unemployed for like a year or so, and. people are like oh it's so great you can do like whatever you want but like you wake up and like there's no structure you know like you have to like Mm. decide what you're gonna do all the time and and at least with work you like you just know that you're gonna go to work you know write a few emails you know write a few reports like that kind of like you need you have that structure and stability in your life and um you get paid (laughs) yeah paid every two weeks and so um and i i i feel i feel you but but take 
advantage of it in some ways, I hope. Um, yeah, I am. I'm traveling. I'm doing what you're doing. I'm traveling, having some fun. <laughs> yeah. But in between those moments, it can get a little rough. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, from my be real, I do want to say sorry that that sextortion happened to you. Don't you? Because this, I mean, you've texted me because the same thing happened to me at the beginning of COVID. And it's the reason why I had to delete my old Instagram and start over in 2020. I found the whole situation to be super traumatic because I blamed myself. I took all these things that I thought was bad about myself, put it into this little bomb in my head and like it exploded all over my life. One of the feelings was that I felt so broken. Like, oh, you're so horny and broken that you pushed to like, do this with someone you've never never met like you're an idiot you're pathetic mm-hmm. and i felt so much shame too about like my sexuality and my and, and myself blaming the fact that like gay people we we feel we think and feel this way and so i brought this upon myself for being gay like totally internalized with homophobic yeah. thoughts yeah and i just felt like everyone would judge me harshly like everyone's gonna find out this and that and i just felt so violated because they were commenting on like my instagram and facebook posts like like at don't judge you can't, I can't wait to show you the secret that Bao has. They were like tagging my old employer where I used to oh work. So I used to work at Netflix. They're like, at Netflix, you should see what, what your employee is doing. Once I knew things were going to be okay, I think I, it was so traumatic that I compartmentalized it and put it away. And then over the pandemic, I would get randomly triggered by it and be like, okay, I've, I'm panicking. I don't know why. And it would be like a request from work like, hey, can you DM this person from your personal account? And then I would be like, I won't do that. And I would be in a total panic mode. And it wasn't until I started therapy that I actually was able to process all of it and realize, like, we're the victims here because this mm-hmm. is a crime. Mm-hmm. Sextortion mm-hmm. is actually a form of sexual assault where they're taking something without your consent and blackmailing you. And since then, a lot of my fr- this, this has happened to a lot of my friends. And because within my friendship circle, I have talked about it. Um, I've helped them through it. And I think we were just texting last night to don't you about this. I feel like I just want to take some time to talk about like how, what happens when people do this. It's actually like a farm or like a operations of people doing it around the clock. So think of like a call center in a house outside of the U S it's it's insane. And they've studied what kind of photos or like personas or things to text you from their computers that would seduce you. Like they choose the right hot photos. They follow and message you. They, butter you up they send like dick pics and Mm -hmm. they're usually like really hot and if you bite they'll be like well i'm so horny i want to see and talk to you yeah and they ask you to always ask you to go off the platform to something like a slide or a telegram they can't be followed yeah Yeah. or a whatsapp and so once you're off the platform and you see them they try to get you to do something explicit with your face in it so sometimes they're like oh i want to see your face and that's when and when they finally catch that they like shut the webcam off and say like now it's the scary evil part where they blackmail you. We'll mm-hmm. post this on YouTube if you don't pay. And so just want to give some tips for people when this happens. The minute they ask you to go off the platform is when you should immediately block them. Mm, yeah. If you get to that part where you do go on the platform, they ask to see your face, sign off immediately and block them. I thought that was like a cardinal rule. You don't post face and body together. <laughs> Yes. I have never. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they try to get you because you don't want that. And then they, they try to get that shot. And they've already mm-hmm. started recording by the time you, you turned on your thing. Oh. And then when they ask you to pay, never pay them. Just block them immediately. Yeah, of course. Of course. But yeah. it's hard to get over those feelings of shame and like yeah. the feelings yeah. of violation in the first few days. Of course. And there's like a lot of help out there. But I used to carry this around as a very shameful thing about me. 
mm-hmm. when people ask like, why did you start all over your Instagram? And some people thought I had, I had, I had like unfollowed them <laughs> or something. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I always say oh, I was hacked. This is what truly happened. And it took a long time for me to process it. Other people seem to be processing it fine, but I think it's because you I could run. <laughs> Because I see other people go through it and they're like, oh, well, okay, okay, I just need to block them. That's fine. Like, they don't have to, it doesn't sear open a wound of like shame or yeah. um, fear that it did for me. And it's the pre-existing stuff that I had had. And, yeah. and, then, yeah. and that started the whole journey. But I know a lot of gay guys have been through this. They don't ever want to talk about it because we don't talk about it. People don't know how to avoid it. And it just keeps happening mm-hmm. with people. And so I thought maybe it was an important time for us to like give you some of those tips. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, yeah. I felt very comfortable about the situation. Well, not comfortable, but not crazy <laughs> about it when I thinking about how you went through it. And so I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to get through this night. And then and it, it turned out fine. My blood pressure's yeah. back down. Oh, good. Oh, it was high up there. I'm sorry, girl. Girl, it was a, it was a mess for that first moment. Because mm-hmm. they, they fucking violated you. These things don't mm-hmm. happen to me. No one's ever tried to make like a fake OnlyFans of me. You know, <laughs> try to get my news. Like no one's, no one's interested, you know. And, and actually, like when hot people message me, I don't message them back. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. I'm like, that, you're fake. <laughs> you're, you're unattainable, okay? I'm realistic. So, so just don't message all people back. Like, just stick, stick to, stick to, like, you know, your, 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 your average folks like myself. Yeah. And if they are real people, you know what? They've gone through life with so much pretty privilege that they deserve Correct. enough. Correct. Mm-hmm. This is what our community needs to correct for. We need to we need to make things difficult for hot people. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I've gotten so far into like the research of this whole phenomenon that there's articles written about people who used to work in one of these mm. what do you call it? Sextortion farms. And yeah. just and they happen in these countries where or, or to these people who are trying to break out of poverty. Right, yeah. and it, it's sort of sad thinking through what's that, what's going on in some of these societies that this form of crime is very lucrative. Yeah, they really do train you to like know how to seduce someone online. I'm like, well, maybe maybe I should take some of this, <laughs> some of those because I feel like I am the worst like DMer, like I'm the worst person messaging on Hinge and Tinder. Um, and maybe I should learn some of these tactics. 
<laughs> it's a learning opportunity. It's a learning, yeah, learning opportunity right there <laughs> to make you a better flirter. <laughs> That's what they should be doing. They should be just giving you courses on how to flirt. And we can so, pay them for that and it'll yeah. be actual good cash. Yeah, be like, yeah. hey, look, you sent me your nudes. Now I can teach you how to get nudes from other people <laughs> for $20. I'll teach you the way. Well, I guess... We've come to the end of our episode. I'm a little sad about that. It's been fun <laughs> chatting. Thank you. Um, but that's all the time we have for the week. And um, it was hilarious getting to know you and your innermost thoughts and hot takes. Yeah. T-H-O-T. <laughs> uh, Thanks for joining us, Chris. Thanks for having me on. And uh, I, I, I look forward to seeing how this gets edited. <laughs> <laughs> Blame it on the edit. So yeah, if I lose my trip to Australia, you're getting an, uh, a letter from my lawyer. Okay. <laughs> okay. And if people didn't already know, where can they follow you on the socials? Um, stories of gay CZ, I guess, is the one that you probably mm-hmm. should be following because that's my gay account. Um, and my main account is a little bit cringy. Um, it's stories of CZ. Um, and then my um, Instagram handles stories of CZ as well. And threads oh, yeah. now. Threads is also the same thing. Oh, we got to follow you on threads. And listeners, you can follow us at Literally Gaysians on TikTok and Instagram. And join us in a few weeks for another episode. Until then, we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Padam. Padam, everyone. Padam, padam. Padam again. <laughs>